Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spook Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Nia, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Hello. So this week is our St. Patty's episode. Oy, happy, oy, oy. happy early St. Patty's Day. Um, when this episode comes out, it will be... When is St. Patty's Day? Slightly past the 17th. Is that Saturday? Uh, no, it's three days away. Oh. Thursday? Okay. I think it's Thursday. Okay, so yeah. So when this episode comes out, it'll be past St. Patty's Day. But that doesn't mean we can't have a little bit of fun and celebrate it prior to that. So here's to an early St. Patty's Day. Cheers. All of y'all going out on St. Patty's Day, be safe. Have fun. Get a DD or Uber, Lyft. Something. Some. Um, But this episode, we're going to talk about an SCP that you wouldn't think would be an SCP. Something very St. Patty's inspired. The mascot, I guess, would for St. Patrick's Day, here in America at least. We're going to be talking about leprechauns. You know, if you throw shoes at them, they have to clean it. Because that's like their sole purpose is mm-hmm. like shoes. 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 But before we get into that, for those of you 21 and up, Austin has an Irish themed recipe for you to help you celebrate St. Patty's Day the right way. It is a staple drink of St. Patrick's Day. We're doing the Irish shot, formerly known as the Irish car bomb, but like distasteful, I guess. Yeah. You know, a little bit like I wouldn't like you don't order it as a car bomb in Ireland, you know? Yeah. It's the Irish shot. Yeah. But because wasn't it like, what was it? 1990. There was like a whole. I mean, still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So the IRA, regardless of your opinions, are a uh, terrorist organization and have murdered people with car bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Really easy, really simple. We like easy, we like simple. Everybody's ready to go, ready to get the party started. Is it a cop-out? Maybe, but it's easy to make when you're drunk. Uh, (laughs) You just got to act fast. (laughs) The three things you're going to need, a little uh, Bailey's Irish cream, a little Irish whiskey, uh, nice Jameson, obviously. Okay, all right. Jamo all all the Waymo. (laughs) And, uh, you know. Well, Guinness. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Got the whole family there. The whole family. <laughs> Didn't even have to leave the aisles. No. <laughs> Just right there. Yeah. So you're going to start off with cracking that Guinness and uh, getting yourself a tall pint glass or plastic cup recommended, honestly, for a car bomb. Right, Either using a glass or a plastic shot glass. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't don't do glass on glass. That's how shit gets broken. And glass shot glasses chip your teeth when they slide up and smack you in them. Yeah. So just always a heads up. Drink responsibly. Be safe. Have fun. So yeah, first step: get that Guinness in the glass. Let the head settle. Try not to get it too too heady because like you know, just pain in the ass mm-hmm. to try to chug. Mm-hmm. And again. Most cocktails, I wouldn't recommend a chug, but this one, you want to get that bitch down in seconds. The acidity of the next ingredient, the Baileys, is get, they're not going to mix for much longer than a couple couple seconds. It's going to go chunky. You don't want to you don't want to sh- 
chug chunky. That's no, not fun. That doesn't sound good. No one's chugging salsa out here. It well, sounds like a bad time. I'm sure somebody. I you know I'm sure I could go big, on YouTube. Big world. And find a video. Mukbang. I, I could probably find a slew of videos of people chugging <laughs> salsa. But anyway, I digress. Next step: grab yourself your shot glass again. Plastic recommended. But you know, live your life. Be start off with. I'll say a half ounce, but like, you know, just halfway in your glass. Mm -hmm. Bailey's. Layer that off. Grab yourself a spoon. Turn it upside down. Touch the side of the glass and kiss the top level of the Bailey's and top yourself the rest of the way off with Jameson. Take a deep breath. Contemplate life. Be prepared. (laughs) Drop that boy in the glass and slam it. Go to town. (laughs) Get fucking wrecked, mate. I hate making them because making them in slews is just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But if you're making them at home for friends and, you know, it's you guys getting ready to drink, you know, they're fun to have. They don't taste too bad as long as you get it down quick. And, you know, everyone loves a good chug every once in a while. But there you have it. Your uh, Irish shot. Fucking cheers, boys. <laughs> cheers. Now that you have your little drink drink, now that you got your party starter, let's talk about part of like Irish folklore. Like it's actually part of their folklore, the leprechaun. And I mean, I'm sure everybody knows what a leprechaun looks like. And it's been, especially here in America, in so much of our media, especially around this time, uh, you got your lucky charms, dude. You got- The leprechaun movies. The leprechaun movies. Which are bangers. (laughs) Eventually we'll want to do um, movie nights with you guys. So I think that will be maybe next year we can watch The Leprechaun. All of them. Just a marathon. Just a straight up marathon. Solid marathon. (laughs) While we're doing Irish shots. Ugh. (laughs) So um, within the Irish folklore, a leprechaun is technically like a fairy or part of the fae. It's supposed to be kind of like a good entity to an extent because there's obviously different versions. Whenever you talk about folklore, there's all there's always different versions. Um, obviously. Obviously. So they are depicted as little bearded men with top uh, with top hats and a coat. Milady. Milady. Exactly. Milady. Exactly. Like little like what you would picture as like a like a pilgrim type of fit going on. Little, Except, little green pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. Green pilgrim with a red beard. Well, are they green in like their lore, or is that an American thing? That's in their lore. Okay, they're they're green. Um, but originally they would partake in they would be mischievous little things, and depending on which lore you're going with, they're not they're they're mischievous, but it's still like kind of benevolent. Like it's not they're not acting in malice when they do things. They just play little tricks, you know. Just little might might little hide things, but um, they their main job is to make shoes, and they'll fix shoes. You know, they do take things and might misplace them. You know, as a joke, but then there's some lore that leprechauns will abduct children. And I feel like that's kind of with everything, with Santa Claus, with Krampus. Like, there's different, <laughs> there's different lore of these things. Well, Krampus is all 
adopt children all the time. I take that back <laughs> always. But there's different entities where there's different lore regarding if they're good or if they're bad. Okay. So leprechauns are the same thing. Depending on who you talk to, they're either good or bad. Or they're not necessarily good, but just like they don't, they're fine. Or they'll steal your kid. So with that being said, there's actually an SCP about leprechauns. However, leprechauns within this SCP are, they live within another SCP. So it's kind of like the Ikea store. (laughs) where you have an SCP, but then you have SCPs within that SCP. So we're going to talk about SCP-672, which is part of the Elucid class. Um, SCP-672 is best to be kept in a clean white room measuring four by four by four meters and a one by one by one meter plexiglass cage, uh, which is secured by a steel block measuring 1.5 by 1.5 by 1.5 meters. Ten small holes have been cut into a star-shaped pattern on the side of the cage to allow communication with SCP-672-B. A 10 by uh, 0.5 centimeter slit has been cut in the top of the cage to allow items to be passed to SCP-672-B. One male security guard is to guard the outside of the room in case another escape attempt. So SCP-67-B tries to escape. (laughs) But it lives within <laughs> it lives within um, SCP-672. So SCP-672-A is a dagger of Celtic design believed to be dated back to the 1300s. It was found in Ireland in 1934 by an agent investigating a haunted dagger. The previous owner, redacted, had become concerned when a knife he had bought as a good luck charm repeatedly would disappear from any location and reappear underneath his daughter's bed. Mm. Once the dagger was confiscated, a small compartment was located in the hilt of the blade. It contained a naked clay man measuring 4.3 centimeters long that had red human hair attached to its head. SCP-672-B was not animate at that time. The agent that recovered SCP-672 reported that on the way back, the dagger had indeed seemed to make escape attempts whenever it was left alone. Video evidence shows that SCP-672-B would come out of the hilt and drag the dagger towards the closest exit of the room. So this thing, this little man inside this dagger, just kind of like a Toy Story, would kind of just like lay there and be like, oh, I'm just a statue, don't worry about me, hee <laughs> hee. And then when nobody was looking, would be like, I'm popping out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, just drag this thing. How strong this thing is to be able to drag this dagger around and, you know. How yeah. tall was it? 4.3 centimeters. 4 point what? 4.3. That is less than this light. That is this tall. <laughs> That's so small. About half a lighter tall. Oh, wow. 4.3. It wasn't until Agent Redacted was placed in charge of SCP-672 that it was known that SCP-672-B only speaks to women. Of course. Wow. Of course. SCP-672-B claimed to be an ancient, uh, ancient magical leprechaun from the future sent back through time to destroy the, a great evil. That's what it said. Oh, so this motherfucker, future leprechaun. Uh-huh. 
future leprechaun. But future leprechauns are how big? This big? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Living in daggers. <laughs> All right, bro. Is that your spaceship? <laughs> yeah. Uh, SCP-672-B is also noted to say and do anything to impress the ladies. Of course. Oh, he's a real ladies man? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is an um, excerpt from the first interview. Agent redacted. What's your main purpose? SCP-672-B. To destroy the great evil, lass. Together, you and I can do anything. SCP-67-B proceeds to crawl inside of scp 672 2-A, SCP-672-B, now pick me up and wield me in the name of great justice. Agent Redacted picks up SCP-672 and fire begins to shoot from the blade. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus fuck. Yeah. <laughs> What's like, just what? Just like, what the absolute fuck? <laughs> so when SCP-672 is whole and with SCP-672-B in, inside and is being wielded by a human assumed that uh, any human but SCP-672-B will only associate with young females. The blade appears to be able to cast any type of magic. The following has been observed. Shooting random elements such as fire, wind, and water. Teleportation to anywhere in the world. Turning items into gold. Summoning hordes of small vermin to attack enemies. Turning the wielder into different items for disguise, such as a cat, a chair, or shrinking agent redacted to the same size as SCP-672-B. SCP initially refused to turn agent redacted back until data expunged was provided. However, several kicks to the expunged led SCP-672-B to reverse agent redacted to her former state. So SCP-672-B is a motherfucker. Just fucking wild. Just wild. But that's within the SCP Foundation. So they they have found leprechauns. However, the leprechauns are from... These are future leprechauns. So now we're going to talk about a story of a leprechaun within our normal sense of what a leprechaun would be. Okay. This story is by Evan.Dollarhide. And it's a story called The Wiles of the Leprechaun. I'm writing this now because I don't know when I'll get another chance. I don't want to tell people face to face because it's humiliating enough for me to know what they think of me because of where I'm going. You see, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a sterile, cold, lonely prison cell. Here's what happened. For the last two years, I've had hard times. I've had a shaky employment history. That makes it really hard to get the next job. In turn, that then makes it easy to worry where the next paycheck's gonna come from. That, in turn, makes it very easy to worry about where to find the next cardboard box to sleep in. If wishes were fishes, there would be no room left in the river. I would wish for so many things in those days. I wish for a stable job. I wished for a cure for my depression that didn't involve me tearing hundreds of dollars from my already meager pay just to pay for placebos and Gandhi-esque absolutes. So, all I've ever gotten from my post-high school life was a lot of holes in my heart. And my pockets. Wishes do not come true, or so it seemed. 
On my pay rate, I could not afford any of the luxuries or comforts in which one may forget their sorrows, such as video games, friends, evenings at the local bars, diving into local brews. What I could afford to do is walk. I lived on that side of the railroad tracks in town, just on the edge of the woods. It was a nice time of year. We've had a lot of rain in the area and everything looks green as it could be, and a cool breeze combated the heat of the afternoon like a refreshing drink of ice water. I would walk the nameless paths where, if you wanted to, one could become blissfully lost. There are paths for everyone. The hardcore climber, the lazy looper, the brisk slope. The last one was my favorite. It was enough physical exertion to keep my mind off the pile of horse pies I called an existence, but little enough that I could easily make it back to my hovel. Looking back on it now, I must have walked that path a thousand times. It never got old. The air would always taste fresh, the breeze would feel clean, and the sunlight poking through the leaves felt pure. It was a place to cleanse the soul. I knew the place so well, Every log that would offer a place of rest, every stone, the creek of crystalline water. So, you can imagine my surprise when I noticed just how out of place it all seemed that one fateful day. I was on another walk about two months ago. I went earlier in the day, planning to walk further than normal. The one medicine I knew that really worked. I brought a bottle of water, wore my jeans and jacket, and my hat was pulled over my eyes. I felt the air had a mild bite to it. Fall was coming up quick. As I walked, I thought about how nice it would be to walk this trail in the fall, when the aspens turn gold. Nature is wealthy and generous, too. Look at all it shares with us and how much we take. I was about halfway through my walk and thinking about how I could go blind and still know my way around the trail when I saw something I must have missed, which I thought was impossible. There were these two boulders that seemed to form a wall in this gorge, like a gate diverting the path elsewhere. It was just a place you'd run into and go the other way. But as I rounded the turn, my eyes fell on a little gap in the rocks. It was about two feet tall and maybe two and a half feet wide. Small, but not too large not to notice. I walked up to it and I immediately thought of Alice in Wonderland, the hole that the white rabbit runs into in the beginning. Funny down the rabbit hole, indeed. If only I'd known. I was intrigued. This was like being a kid again, the thought of becoming a great explorer, if only in my own mind. I took into account the size of the hole and stooped down to look into it. There was a light at the end, and the tunnel was only a dozen feet long. So murmuring, I'm late, I'm late, for a very important date. I got to my hands on my knees and I started to crawl. It went easy, and I stood up on the other end, somewhat surprised at what I had found. There before me was a rocky canyon, only about 20 feet wide, with rich green moss growing everywhere. I was impressed at my discovery and walked into it. It got darker and twisted like a passageway in the Paris catacombs, but it never went underground. Just when I thought I had made a great discovery, I rounded a bend and nearly dropped a brick in my underpants. I had come into... I guess what you would call nature's cul-de-sac, a circular pit with a dripping waterfall at the end, and a pool in the middle. None of these beauties were what I saw at first, though. I was riveted at the strangest creature I'd ever seen in my life. 
and I was sitting on a rock slab by the pool, its feet dangling into the cool water. For the tiniest split of a second, I thought it was human, perhaps a child. But my stare proved me wrong. It did have a vaguely human shape, and had a thin build, almost like a stick figure. It had a gray beard that came down to its waist. Its ears were huge. It had a long nose and fingers like taper candles. The skin was white as wax and wrinkly. My best description was a mix of a shriveled old man and Pinocchio. It also resembled a human because it wore clothes. They were once green, but so faded it was a drab color. And it had a long pointed cap on its head, worn and wrinkled, and a cracked black leather belt around the pencil-thin gut. I thought that he, that it, had noticed me, but the moment I tried to freeze in place, it slowly turned its head to face me. That moment was when I was sure it wasn't human, just because of those eyes. They glowed green as poison from under those bushy gray eyebrows, like emeralds in a spotlight. My terror must have looked amusing, because somewhere above that beard, a tiny pair of cracked lips curled into a mischievous grin of pointy yellowed teeth. The grin someone gets when they know something you don't. I heard it speak in a reedy but clear voice. My, 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 you found me at last. It was still taking all of my concentration not to pee my pants, so I could say nothing. It scratched its chin with its bony fingers and hopped to its feet. Don't worry, boyo. Plenty of folks find themselves where you are. I finally gulped down the stone in my throat to utter a question. Where is here? Ah, the downside of the hills of life, of course. Difficulty. Problems. In your instance, money. That marvelous shiny stuff that causes most if not all human problems. Human? Then what what does that make you? I asked sheepishly. The bizarre little thing twirled on its bare feet, its arms spread out like an exuberant girl showing off a new dress. Well, I can tell you, boyo. You lads and lasses got the look all wrong. Red hair, green jacket with shiny brass buttons, shamrocks, and all that rot. The once beloved image of a short, red-haired, jolly little man in green shoes clashed in my mind, and now brought only revulsion, even compared to this ghastly-looking imp. A leprechaun? The word sounded ridiculous, even in that moment. The creature clapped its hands excitedly and jigged about, making shrill noises. Oh, Penny, for the smart one, bright little lad, aren't you? Bright as mud. I was not about to be mocked by the Irish version of the jigsaw doll, so I clenched my fist. What the hell do you want? You, you, you can say it. I've heard it all by now. Tis music to my ears. Ye long legs are not as good with insults as ye used to be. It spoke dreamily, as if not talking to me at all, and it stared off into nothing. I was about to speak when it continued its screechy but, its screechy but dreamy voice. Listen here, Spindleshanks. What if I were to tell ye that I could fix your woes? Say what? I asked stupidly. You'd like to be kept off the streets, eating the rats and the roaches. You'd like the comfort of a home to the misery of living under a tarp, eh? How do you know that? 
I thought, I felt slightly violated to know that somehow, some way, this odd creature put me at a disadvantage. That it had been watching me somehow. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. And it doesn't even matter how I know. What matters is that I can help you with your problems. I can help you with your finances. I can help you from sleeping with some mangy mutt in the alleyway. I don't deny that I was tempted. My need for answers dampened by this tantalizing offer. But somehow, that little cricket in my head still remembered that all of this was very wrong. What's it going to cost me? It gasped dramatically and clasped its bony hands over its chest. Oh dear, my reputation precedes me, the leprechaun leered. It then dropped the theatrics and looked very solemn. Listen, Boyle, there's nothing you have that I could possibly want. Not a thing, even if you were a king. I've had it all, and more. All that ye need to do is accept. I had read enough online stories in my spare time to instill some fear in me of those backwater deals. What do you want? Sign my name in blood? Sell you my soul? It comically began slapping its forehead with its palm, rolling its eyes. Tis like talking to a bloody rock in here, isn't it? I don't want nothing at all. In fact, you don't even have to do anything. Except say yes or no. Once that happens, you'll never ever see me again. So, I'll ask one more time. Do you want to forget about your worries of money? Don't you? Don't you want to live needs? Simply answer me. Yes or no. I don't know how long I stood there, silently thinking. It must not have been long enough. No matter what the creature was, I did need money. I did need ease. I needed a relief from the hell I've been living for so long. So? I looked it dead in the eyes and spoke simply, but clearly, the one word that ruined my life. Yes. The withered little leprechaun giggled and clapped its hands again, the grin on its face stretched even wider. Quick as a flash, it lunged to within a short range of me, until it was looking up at me from my feet. It looked even fouler from up close, but when it extended its tapered hand, I shook it without a thought. Its skin was cold, clammy, but the grim was strong as iron. The next thing I knew, I was standing back at the turn in the trail, my back against the stones. The sunlight hurt my eyes as if I had come out of the strangest dream of my life. Wishful thinking, looking back on it now, I turned to the rocks, only to find that the hole was gone. I went home immediately, surprisingly refreshed by my break in banality. I went straight to sleep, almost convinced that I had imagined the entire thing. When I woke up the next day, I thought perhaps I was mad. I had little time to think since I had just woken up to an alarm. I swung my legs down to head out the door as if all were normal. My foot connected with something, and completely unprepared, I flew sprawling to the floor. Stars filled my vision and I whirled onto my back rubbing my bruised jaw. As I sat up, the curses on my breath froze when I saw what I had fallen over. A wooden chest the size of a little red wagon was sitting down at the center of the rug. It looked very old 
the wood starting to warp, the iron bindings rusted, and a creaky padlock securing it shut. Taking a shovel from my nearest neighbor's yard, I broke the lock and opened it to the most jaw-dropping sight I'd ever seen. A sight that now fills me with dread. The box was filled to the brim with gold. Gold coins, gold bouillon, gold jewelry. I must have sat there for several minutes, still as stone, before I screamed for joy, dipping my hands into the treasure like life-giving water, flinging it about the place, burying my face in it, being a proper fool. Days later, I made I had made plans to start pawning the butter stuff for cash, so I started to sort it all into boxes I grabbed from behind a local booze store. I looked and pawned each one, thinking of the golden aspens outside and of the path. Gee, how short-lived joy can be. See, I had gone through about two-thirds of the box. Having sorted and sorted this part of the findings and sold some of them, When I came across a gold plate, there was something on it, this brownish stain that looked almost like rust. I wanted it to look nice when I sold it, so I made to clean it off when I smelled it. It smelled like when you have a nosebleed. A sinking feeling told me that that I knew what it was. Blood. I looked at some of the other, more buried pieces. Some of them had blood on them too and I was surprised. That's when I found the knife at the bottom. It was not made of gold at all. In fact, it was a small four-inch switchblade, that one that I had once owned but lost a few weeks ago. The knife with my fingerprints on the handle and the blood of three people on the blade. The next day, when I was trying to plan on what to do, a SWAT team kicked my door down and dragged me off to jail in handcuffs. It all happened so fast I said nothing in my own defense. However, in the past few weeks, things became all too clear. I had been connected to the murders of three different wealthy people who collected gold items, all of them within my home state. No one had even seen who had broken in and killed them, but the evidence was overwhelming. Each had been stabbed to death, their stolen gold now had my fingerprints all over it, and it was all too clear that I would have a clear motive. I needed money. I didn't even try to defend myself. How could I have? The evidence was all against me. And what was I going to tell them? What would I say to them? About what I met in the forest? To be honest, I'm just going to be in here for a long time, and I'd like to keep a shred of my dignity and my sanity. I prefer a state prison to a mental institution. I'm writing this with a pen, after all, not a crayon. The law of conversion of mass says that matter cannot be created or destroyed. I realize now that I was a fool. Magic does not exist, and never will. Everything has to come from somewhere. I just didn't think of where the gold came from, or who it could have come from. So this man made a deal with a leprechaun, and it bit him in the rear. To be fair, I don't think I've ever heard a story of someone making a deal with a leprechaun and it not coming for their ass. Mm-hmm. You know? Everyone thinks they can outsmart it. With any of the magical entities. You can, you can never outsmart them. 
if the word fae is anywhere in its mm-hmm. lore, stay the fake away from it. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. just... You know? Yeah. You know? I agree. A hundred percent. Like, it starts, it feels good at first, and then, You're you like, know, woohoo! It's like a toxic relationship. <laughs> feels great at first. Everything's good. The worst parts are the best parts, and mm-hmm. then, you know? Get fucked, scrub. I don't... <laughs> There's that famous saying, that, that known saying that everybody... If it... If it seems too good to be true, it usually is. Usually. Not all the time. Some things, sometimes dope things can happen. But if you meet this creature in a... not You described it as like Paris catacombs. So you meet this creature in this Especially area. if he doesn't want to make like a fair deal. Yeah. Yeah, and you're asking him questions, and he's just like, "Listen, listen, do stop you want it. this or not? Are you trying, kid? Are you trying to get fucked up or not?" <laughs> he's like, "Bro, you have money problems, right? You're broke. You're worried about being homeless or whatever. I can help you out. I know you don't know me." Yeah, shady dude, Paris Catacombs. He doesn't want to make a deal. He's like, "No, no, no, no." Oh, yeah, and he's he's telling you, "Don't, don't." Forget about it. It's fine. Forget about it. Yeah. And he's just like, you need money. I can help you get money. I know you don't know me. And I'm literally a creature you have never seen before. You thought I was human. I'm not human. And you're about to make a deal with me. Desperate times, man. Had to be in the 2020s. Because I'll be honest. Just hit. I'll be honest. <laughs> Leprechaun right now offered me uh, s- salvation from money troubles. Meh. 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 You know? <laughs> I'd like to say I wouldn't take it. But Man, let's be honest. Tell me, like. What's the contract? Like five years? Give me five years. What, to be in prison? To just have the money and, like, be good. Oh. And I'm Gucci. I don't think there was really. No, nah, he didn't get no time. No, no. He, and it wasn't even the leprechaun killed the people. Like, the evidence was against the, the guy, or the, the the narrator. Yeah. But the leprechaun did. did. Oh, yeah, he, he did. He 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 definitely did the but murder. But that's why you got to put, you know, some speculations on it. Well, I want to be good for five years. Don't make back alley deals with leprechauns. Don't make back alley deals with anybody. Any fake creature. I mean, or do. You know what? Yeah, I'm not going to tell I'm you how like, to yeah, live your life. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to tell you how you live Because, life. you know, given I the same, <laughs> I would probably. I probably would. I, I don't know. I probably I, would. Just because I feel like I'm going to get fucked, you know? Yeah, but like, I've lived in America for 30 years. You're not wrong, but it's I've also been like. Fucked. I feel like I'm immediately going to get fucked. But that's, and I feel like this is going to be a waste of my time at this point. But they're very literal and they're very like linguistical. And I feel like I could argue myself into some kind of decent deal for a couple years. You would definitely have to negotiate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the tale of a leprechaun. The wilds of a leprechaun. It's not even the leprechaun, it's just a. I don't even know if he was a leprechaun. Man's man's had very small things of leprechaun nature. Well, that's the thing. He said that's what everybody assumes is what leprechauns look like, but they don't actually look like that. 
Okay. Says he the said, lying gnome. Is- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, says the lying fairy. Like, okay, <laughs> like, what? Like, he said the fact that you think that I have a red beard. He and a, said and that's a racist. And that's I'm like, stereotypical. I don't typical. I don't know enough to check him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he could, and he knows that. <laughs> and he's hundreds or thousands of years old. Or maybe he's like 30. He I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I have no He could literally just be a dude. Like, he's a dude that, that went just, on a murdering spree. He's a dude that got stuck down there. He withered away a little bit. Then some other guy found him. He was like, oh, noise. And I'm going to trick you into shaking my bony hand. And now I'm going to murder some people and blame you. So I can take your sweet, sweet apartment. Yeah, moral of the story, just like don't don't fuck with leprechauns, I guess. I don't know. Don't fuck with small creatures. Don't fuck with things you meet in the woods. Just don't fuck with things, you know? <laughs> just stay just Stay home. Just, just stay home. Go to bed. <laughs> Forever. Like and subscribe. Follow us at the Spooky Easy Podcast. I'm out. Deuces. Drop the mic. <laughs> So that was our story. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's. Don't forget to follow us on at the Spooky Z Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Also, please share, subscribe, and review our show. Let us know what you think. It is much appreciated and it definitely helps your show out a lot. Until we see you next time. Bye. Bye.